Hi guys, welcome to the Reconciled Podcast. I'm Zach Diesler. And I'm Sam Valenzuela, and with us is our sound engineer and our video tech. His name is Trey Bartolo. Say what's up, Trey. Hey, what's going on? This is our first episode, and uh, we want to give a shout out, first of all, to our three and possibly only subscribers. Yeah, I think so. Uh, our mom. Uh-huh. So, hi mom. Hi mom. Trey, say hi to your mom. Hello, mother. <laughs> and if by some chance you're not our moms, we just want to thank you. Um, we don't know how you found us, but we're so grateful. Yeah. Uh, we're just two pastors who are seeking to help reconcile the division that we see in the church and in our culture by building bridges one conversation at a time. Absolutely. So if you're like us and you're tired of the vitriol and all the anger and the sound bites, the lack of listening, the abundance of tearing each other down, then this is the podcast for you. Absolutely. You know, we're going to be taking uh, issues and we're focusing on, on particular issues and exploring what's being said about those particular topics, both inside and outside the church. And what we want to do is examine those differences with love and grace and compassion as to the best of our ability, seeking first to understand then to be understood. And I just want to repeat that, seeking first to understand and then only then to be understood. I think Stephen Covey put it in his book. I don't know Mm. who first came of it, but it's such an important principle. And the only way we can do that is by listening. And we've lost the art of listening. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the church. And we've really lost the words that James says in 1, verse 19 and 20. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. That's right. And in our culture today, our Christian culture, it seems like we flipped it. Hmm. You know, instead of being quick to hear, we are quick to speak. Yeah. Instead of being slow to speak, um, we are quick to speak. Hmm. And slow to anger, we are quick to become angry. <laughs> right. We just will not do exactly what James says. And so therefore, we become angry ourselves, but our anger does not achieve the righteousness of God. That's it right. does the exact opposite. And what we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing, not in perfection, but willingness, what we're supposed to be doing is being like Christ. That's right. <laughs> Jesus' example of sitting with people and listening to what they had to say. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, the unfortunate reality is, uh, I think if we were to take a poll on, on uh, let's say, you know, the entire state of California, yeah. and just ask everybody, hey, what adjective comes to mind when you think of Christianity? Yeah. The unfortunate reality is judgmental. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just, uh, that, that's a reality that we have to try to navigate through. Yeah. And uh, that comes from, um, I believe, the approach that we've all kind of fallen into. And that is uh, when we engage in conversation with, with people, it's do you believe? And if their response is no, it's like deuces yeah. out, you know? That's it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that comes from a place of, of uh, not wanting to listen, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier, not wanting to listen to unpleasant uh, points of view, yeah. especially if those points of view are an exact opposition to what we hold. Um, and I really think that comes from a place of um, it, 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 we're trying so bad to safeguard a vulnerable place for ourselves, because yes. what that does, it, it opens us up to being tested. It opens yeah. us up to being critiqued and to being um yeah, re- refined, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so uh, th- I think uh, what we kind of operate out of is we look to safeguard ourselves because by allowing us to entertain uh, conversations from the opposite point of view, yeah. we feel as if we're like surrendering yeah. uh, that, that argumentation. We're surrendering that discussion uh, from the get. And that's such a vulnerable place. It puts yeah. us in such a, a place of um, not wanting to be in. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, we're called to lean into that discomfort. You know? really and so um, I, I really feel that it's, it's really Im- important for us to kind of 
as Christians, right, to, to lead in that example. And, and unfortunately, we've been kind of abdicating that role. Yeah, it's a huge fear for us. Yeah. We're afraid that if we listen, that means we have to agree. Yeah. That just by hearing someone else's point of view, it somehow gets inside of our body or something, <laughs> and it changes us from the inside yeah. out, and we're like not Christians anymore. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times we're always trying to like close a deal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're always yeah. trying to come into a situation with, I have my agenda. You need to know Jesus yeah. as your personal Lord and Savior. At what point are you going to say the sinner's prayer? It's really you true. Uh, it's like something we've been programmed with from the beginning that we need to get them to that point. Yeah. Always be closing. Mm-hmm. We need to get them to that <laughs> spot. And so while we're listening to them, we're not really listening. Yep. <laughs> we're just hearing a bunch of words and uh, we're like trying to pick things out and then being building our argument yep. to be able to lead them to Christ. Right. Which is a great motivation. Mm-hmm. But the way that we're doing it exactly. is just so wrong. And we're not listening to them to try to understand where they're coming from. Right. We're listening for our opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for them to stop speaking so that we can then hit them with the gospel. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And if they don't agree with the gospel, then we walk away and we go, okay, well, it's all good. Yeah. You know, just like you said. I mean, there's just so many angry people that are in this world right now in the church. We're so angry about the way that people are dealing with the culture, yeah. like responding to the culture. Like we feel like we're losing our culture so that we don't listen to other people. So we decide to just stay on one side or the other. Yeah. Um, and listening to something that you said is like uncomfortable to hear. It's one of the reasons why we named this the Reconciled Podcast is one definition of reconciled is to, is to try to come to grips with something that is uncomfortable. Yeah. And we need to do that ourselves before we can ask someone else to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because listening to the gospel for people who don't believe is uncomfortable. Yeah. Listening to some of the things that are in this word, it's uncomfortable. And we've somehow lost, we've lost the sight of that. Yeah. And so we don't take in uncomfortable things, but then we expect them to do the uncomfortable part, <laughs> um, which is really tough. I mean, it's it's putting us as an us and against them mentality. Exactly. You know, where we we get this tribalism, we get this, we stick to our guns, you know, like I'm in this corner, you're in that corner, you're the opposition, and I need to fight you. It makes it easier for us to engage in conversation with people, yeah. right? When, when, I, when I know exactly where you're coming from, then I can slap a label on you and say, yes. okay, look, this is your position. I need to know how to defend my position. Yes. As a, like, you're, like we're just talking about, like we need to just learn how to listen. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, we're not always trying to attack, and we shouldn't. You know no, I mean? um, and so yeah. it shouldn't anyway. be because as we're doing that, we are basically making it a battle. Yeah, we're deciding this is a battle. Mm. And when you attack from the front, and I don't know a whole lot about military history, um, <laughs> but I was reading a couple of different things. Like the attacks from the front just makes the enemy dig in deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like you're basically pushing people to hold on to these things that you don't agree with. By coming at them that strong, they actually feel like they're going to lose something, just like we do yeah. as Christians. We feel like we're going to lose something, so we get deeper and deeper and deeper entrenched, and so we don't, we can't even see each other anymore. I think that's something to, to even unpack, maybe even in a different episode. But like, um, what what is wrong with losing something? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, like sincerely, what is wrong with losing, quote unquote, losing a discussion about the gospel, losing a discussion about your faith? Yeah. Um, because at the end, at the end of the day, you're you're always going to be tested, uh, and if you're not being tested, then that's probably because you're not putting your your faith out outside of the boat. Yeah, you know, and so uh, you, you can't gain anything unless you're unless you're risking something. And so if you're not risking anything, then you're never really going to have an opportunity to grow in your faith. And you're so, not. You know, and that again, the, all all of this is kind of you know branches from the same tree. Yeah. Listening, growing in your faith, yeah. reconciling—it's it, coming from a place again of wanting to understand the other other person, exactly, uh, who who doesn't necessarily believe the gospel, doesn't necessarily believe uh, what we believe, 
Uh, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that I think that's the biggest thing. That's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Because really it's in God's hands. Right. It's not in our hands. You know, we've got some kind of a complex where we believe that it's up to us. And if we don't nail it, if we don't get it right, then they're going to walk away and we've lost. Right. You know, God can't do anything now. <laughs> like he, he set up this conversation. And if you don't do it within this window of time, then they're lost forever. That's a ton of pressure. It's a ton of pressure. <laughs> and, it, and it loses the whole gospel of like seed planting and yeah. watering and the whole thing of like God causes the growth and not us. Mm. And again, like Jesus was having uncomfortable conversations constantly, right? Yeah. He was constantly being with people who didn't agree with him constantly. The only people that he really had an issue with were the people who wouldn't listen at all. Yeah. But the people that would listen, I mean, there's these people who probably had opposite Feelings about uh, morality with him, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, he sat with sinners. He sat with prostitutes. He sat with tax collectors. He didn't feel like he was losing anything. Yeah. He didn't feel like by sitting with them and listening to their point of view that he was losing part of his soul or that he was losing an opportunity to to really make sure that they, they went to heaven. I don't see that in the gospel. I don't see that in his interactions. I see him talking with people, but that goes back and forth and asking questions, you know, all yeah. those kind of things like that. And I think that we've taken certain parts of the Bible and we, we take those parts and we go, this is the part that I want to stick with. And so yeah. there's a verse in a couple of verses in Ezekiel that I just want to read real quick. Cause I think that this is hitting on what you were just saying before too, of closing the deal, making sure that yeah. we're the pressures on us. And so this is the word of God. And so, I mean, we're reading the word of God, you know, we're not reading it in context yet, but we're just going to read it here. So this is Ezekiel 33, verse 7 through 9. Now as for you, son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel so that you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you surely will die and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from your hand. But mm. if you on your part warn a wicked man to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. Now, right there, of course, if you take that scripture, it looks like it's on us. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't warn the wicked, you know, then the blood is on your hands. And that that is what the word of God says. But the word of God also says other things like you just speak the word mm -hmm. and you plant and you water and you let God cause the growth, which is in 1 Corinthians 3. Yeah. So which one is true? Is it that it's up to us to make sure that we do it, or is it God's job? I mean, that's a, it's such a great point. Like, you, you look at the parable of the sower, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, the sower who, who's spreading the seed, his job is to spread the seed. Yep. His job is to plant the seed. Whether or not those seeds actually grow isn't a reflection on the sower. No. It's a reflection on... God's interaction with that seed or what, what the word is doing on, on that person's heart. Yeah. Um, and, and again, our only job is to just share the gospel. Exactly. You know, and w whatever God's doing with that opportunity, that's be, that's between the Holy spirit and that person, you know, yeah. and that, again, that should bring so much, uh, liberation because again, the pressure's off. Exactly. You know, all you do, all you're called to do is to come and engage with people in love and to share the gospel. And again, just like what Jesus did. I mean, his example, you know, I mean, the last little one that I'll share and then uh, I'll turn it back over to you for more of Jesus's model. But I mean, like the last one, I mean, like when he's with the rich young ruler. Yeah. And he's talking with him and, and maybe we could read that later on. But like he talks with him, he shares with him some things. He talks to him about what his real heart need is. And then he allows him to walk away sad. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, and he, and there's no verse that says after that, he's like, and he was happy because the blood was not in his hands. <laughs> right. 
It's not that Jesus was like, okay, great. Well, like I turned someone away. And I think there's something weird in our Christian culture where we almost get some sort of pride from like people walking away from us yeah. as if that's the goal. Like that yeah. we misread even that story and mm-hmm. we go, well, look, Jesus did something hard to him and he walked away sad. So if, if I say something hard to someone else and they walk away sad, I've won. And I don't think so. I think Jesus, I mean, from the beginning, he looked at him with compassion, you know, with, with deep love and care. And I think him walking away hurt him. And now, yes, he didn't change his gospel yeah. because of it, but I don't think he was like, well, it's too bad, mm-hmm. you know? I feel convicted, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, as early on in my faith, as I, I carried that same mentality, you know? Like, yeah. hey, you know what? People rejected Christ, so I should be rejected too. Mm. Like, completely disregarding the approach. Um, but yeah, like just Jesus's model really changes everything. It changes the tone of, uh, of it all. Yeah. And I think what we, we, what we should do is take a look at the life of Jesus and to see how his interactions uh, happened with people inside the church and people outside the church. Yes. Um, you know, we can, uh, you know, throw up some Bible verses, but I think <clears throat> principally what we've seen in the life of Jesus is that we've talked about it earlier in the podcast. Jesus sat with sinners. He sat yeah. with those that were just known to be apart from the presence of God. Yes. Uh, no, no problems there. He had no issues with that at all. In fact, he was drawn to that. That's who he came for. Right, exactly. And yeah. so when we see his interactions with those inside the church, particularly the church leaders, mm-hmm. the leadership of the church, right? That's when he had massive issues. Talk about confrontation. That's when there was confrontation. Yes. Is when he was overturning the tables, when he was calling out the, the church leaders for yeah. being hypocrites and for, for sitting on their uh, high horse and, mm-hmm. and being incorrectly uh, self righteous. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of inter- interactions that we see Jesus having. And yeah. so his, the love and grace is always extended to those that are truly seeking for a reconciliation of yes. sorts with, with God, um, but always against the pride and always against the, the self-righteous, particularly those that are inside the church. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that we don't talk about very often because then that requires, and as pastors, it requires for us to consistently be reevaluating our hearts yep. and to acknowledge, hey, you know what? I'm a sinner in need of, of Christ's grace as yeah. much as, if not more, than anybody I'm preaching the gospel to. Amen. No, and that's just the truth. I mean, Jesus's model is our model, and we have to look at him for everything. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that he did is what we should be doing, and we've, we've lost some of that, especially in the art of conversation, in the art of listening. Yeah. You know, I think you look at his interactions, and uh, I just wanted to pull out three of them that we all pretty know pretty well, um, and, and the questions that he asks, because I think the reason why he's asking questions is really not for him. You know, yeah. it's not, not for him in the sense that, like, he, he wants to know um, because he doesn't know, because Jesus is fully God right. as well. The questions were to help the other person as well. Exactly. So, I mean, he's, he's and, and now we, now here's where it, it gets tricky as far as being like Christ. Mm-hmm. We don't get that option. Right. You know, we've somehow lost the fact that, like, oh, we want to be like Jesus, and Jesus is asking questions for other people. Right. Because... They need to know some stuff, but we got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, it's it's not that. It is it is it's both. It's asking questions for the other person to reveal what's really truly inside. Exactly. That's what it is. It's a key to finding out like what what do they really believe. Mm-hmm. And but then it's also for us. And that's where we have to check our ego and go. Yeah. We don't know people just because we see people and we want to do this really badly. And I think that it's it's built within us. I mean, yeah. there's a nature within us that we want to see someone. And know if we can trust them, 
And I think it's part of our fight flight. You know, it's our yeah. nervous system. Uh-huh. You know, like we we uh, danger or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think that that's built in us from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but we've carried that into our social interactions here. So it's like, okay, is this person safe? Or is this person dangerous? Mm-hmm. You know, is this person with me or, or are they against me? Mm-hmm. And we once we find out and we have to make that pretty quick, then we'd start to act that way, which is not the Jesus's model at all. Right. You know, to just put someone in a label mm-hmm. and, and say, OK, uh, I recognize you as someone who is different and therefore I'm going to treat you as someone who is different. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's acting as if we know them. That's acting as if we really know their heart, like Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus knew people's heart, right? And and it speaks it speaks yeah. to the again it speaks to the pride that we all have, right? Like if if we were honest with ourselves, and we find ourselves doing that, yeah. Which I honestly believe, if we took the time every week, yeah, to really evaluate each day and think about what was what was my first reaction to the person I saw on the bus, the person I mm-hmm. saw on the train, the person I saw on the plane, the person yeah. I saw on the street, yeah. Um, and if it was simply, I'm going to do something for them because they need my help. Hmm. because I know who they are. I know hmm. the kind of decisions they've made. In fact, yeah. I know why they made those decisions. Yeah. All of a sudden we're placing ourselves as if we are Jesus yeah. knowing everything. And we've just highlighted the very sin that kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. Man. It was the pride, you know, now you're convicting. Me. <laughs> but like, and, and it's, it's very it's much again. And I, and I love the fact that look, look, we're, we're pastors. Yeah. We, we, that doesn't make us any better than anyone else. In fact, it makes us in a position where we need to rely on God's grace and, and, and mercy. Again, I, I would even argue to say much more yeah. than, than anybody. Well, there's a stricter judgment. Exactly. That's what James three, one says, you know? And so like, yeah, I just, we I, have to you catch know, ourselves there. And for us to be able to uh, be humble enough to come to a place where we're like, Hey, yeah. you know what? Um, I caught myself wanting to think I'm better than you. Yeah. Um, you know what? your heart is probably much more pure than mine. And so, uh, well, and I do it all the time, yeah. unfortunately, even in my master's program. So I'm studying, you know, counseling and I'm trying right, to yeah. become a better counselor. I'm a, I'm a lay counselor right now. basically meaning I'm not a professional. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> being <yet>. able to, yeah. <laughs> lay always sounds weird. It's like I lay down, right. or, but it's, I just, I'm not a professional yet, but I'm seeing the things that, um, that are inside me where I want to jump to a conclusion. So I had a student who was talking with me and they were talking about um, the fact that they were homesick because hmm. they're going to, to college right now. And I jumped to the conclusion that the reason they felt homesick is because of how much they love their family. And yes, that was part of it. Yeah. But then I just kept going on, you know, and I kept going on about how much of a blessing it is. I mean, isn't it great that you have this great family? Da, da, da. And I went on and on and on and I could see them just sort of nodding and I was like, well, maybe this is a Zoom connection <laughs> thing. But then... Fortunately, I mean, she she said she checked me and said it said yeah no no I have a great family. <laughs> She's like, but also I'm concerned about like my like my current living environment. So mm. it's not just about the fact that like yes I'm homesick because I love my family, but also this. And I was totally convinced. I was like, I just oh. went on and on and on <laughs> oh, and thinking man. that man I got this. Yeah, you know I know exactly what her problem is. Uh-huh. You know, and so here it is. And let me just encourage you with this. And it was out of a sincere heart. Yeah. So I guess like I want to make sure that we don't come across like too judgmental either. Like we're, we're saying we're not getting this right either. No, yeah. And we get that there's a lot of people who are motivated by the right reasons. They really love people. Like they love people. They want to help them. They, they know that the gospel, that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. Mm-hmm. They know that. And they want to see people with them in heaven. Yeah. It's just that they get, they get so caught up in trying to label and categorize and figure this out and not allow the mess 
because listening is messy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then asking questions, it puts you in, just like you were saying, it puts you in the humble spot, not the prideful spot. It mm-hmm. puts you in like, I need to know about what you're going through. I need to understand why you have these opinions. I mean, if we could do that in our world, I mean, goodness gracious, yeah. like this is the most divided time in our history you know, in the church and in the culture. And a lot of that has to do, and we're not saying we have the solution to everything. No. We just know that this is part of it, that part of it is we assume that we know why someone is thinking the way they're thinking. Yeah. And because of that assumption, then we start to make the judgments, and then we start to basically discount anything that they say. Yeah. So, like, you have a different opinion. Well, I know why you have that opinion. It's because mm-hmm. of this, this, and this, and this. You know, I've diagnosed you. You know, I'm, I, I mean, none of there's not a lot of people who are actually good enough to diagnose those <laughs> those people, like psychologists who know the ins and outs of every single person in political office, yeah. person in the social sphere, exactly. celebrity, whatever. Like we think we know because we've seen interviews and we've had psychology in in undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so you know, honestly, and I would love to take a moment to just like acknowledge that um, I've seen this, like what you just talked about, you know, having, looking at an article on, on Facebook, hearing a snippet on YouTube, yeah. seeing a post on Instagram or Twitter, and all of, all of a sudden, we think we are the expert on that thing. Yes. And as humbly and as direct as I can be, um, I've seen that play out more so inside the church than I have outside the church. Yeah. Um, I've seen more people who call themselves Christians who want to pursue Christ. And I, I do believe that the majority of these people genuinely do want to pursue Jesus. Right. Um, but I've seen that the very same uh, heart and behavior and approach come out of the church. Yeah. And we should be the exact opposite. We should really be should. following Jesus's model and asking questions, not being afraid to sit in the mess. It's easier to sit in our own messes, right? Yeah. It's easier to yeah. sit in your own, uh, you know, pigsty yeah. because you know, your pigsty, yeah. you know, your own smell, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, well, and then you can start to justify it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Or, or <laughs> redefine it. Right? Like, that's not really that's not that bad. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. like, we can we can tolerate our own, but it's when other people kind of get into that that zone when we yeah. it kind of invades our space. That's yeah. when we have a problem. And yet Jesus was the one that led by example and saying, "Hey, you know what? No, it's our space. Yeah, my hurt is your hurt. Yes, my successes and rejoicing is your successes and rejoicing. Yeah, uh, but we want to create those divisions as much as possible. It's true. And I mean, he was the best teacher. You know, I mean, that's not, that's not only who he was. I mean, he was a son of God. He died for our sins. I mean, that's, that's the main thing, but he also did teach and the way that he taught, I mean, through parables Mm. and through examples and stories and all these things like that, it was to leave it in their hands. Yeah. It was to be like, here's all this stuff I've got. And I've got some questions for you too. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just going to let you (laughs) then sit with it. Balls in your court. It balls in your (laughs) court. And, and in a way that was perfect. And I mean, that, that is troubling for us as Christians because we we can't get there. We yeah. can't really do it, just like we were talking before. Like, we don't know each other's hearts well enough to be able to do it. We can try, though. I think that that's the thing. I don't think we should give up. Right. You know, and I think that we should try to be able to understand where people are coming from and really ask questions not to get them, not to ask questions to trap them <laughs> and be like, aha, you know, like gotcha. that's yeah, exactly, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. it's not that. It's asking questions to number one, to seek to understand. Yeah. That is that is the truth. Like to really go, where are they coming from? Because otherwise you can go on this rabbit trail 
that actually isn't addressing their needs, but you can feel like you did a good job, yeah. like I did, you know, with my <laughs> student. Like, I'm like, yeah, I did a pretty good job, you know? And then realize, oh, no, like, I totally lost it, uh -huh. you know? And, and instead of doing that, like, really just sitting with the question and allowing the answer to come to you and then letting the answer change you. Letting the answer change whatever script yeah. you had in your head. No, so true. You know, and not just go along with one thing. And that's why I think, like, looking at Jesus' example, and I'll just I'll pull out a couple, couple here, like his example in John 3 with Nicodemus. You know, there's, there's uh, all these different things that he's talking with Nicodemus about, and I won't get into the full context, but um, Nicodemus is a religious leader. He's meeting Jesus at night. So that tells you right away there's something where Nicodemus is a little bit of afraid, yeah. you know, and Jesus doesn't really like call that out. He's yeah. not like, he's not like, Hey, why are you meeting me at night? <laughs> like that's, that's not his approach Yeah, because he knows the answer to that question, of mm -hmm. course, but that would be like us. Like that's what we would do. Yeah. I mean, we would be like, why are you meeting me at night? Mm -hmm. You're you afraid you of meeting me in the dark? dark? Like yeah. what's going on? Oh, I now I've revealed something. Huh? And like, <laughs> we feel like we've got something, even if we do it in a loving way of like trying to be like, like, are you afraid to meet me during the day? Is there something that's going on? I mean, even that I think has another alternative. It has an alternative motive, yeah. you know, ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. um, but Jesus himself is, is asking questions to Nicodemus. I love the question he asks because um, they're going back and forth. And Nicodemus is kind of like just questioning him, like, how can I be born again? Like, this doesn't make any sense, and da-da-da. And Jesus realized, like, what he's doing. He's just going back and forth, and he's like, look. And in verse 12, he's like, if I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things, Ooh. you know? And that's like, now, if we said that to somebody, I don't know how that would come yeah. across. Because <laughs> I don't know how, I don't think we could say it like Jesus. Again, his model is, I don't think he said this in a way that made Nicodemus feel bad. Right. You know, like, I think he said it in a way that just pierced to mm -hmm. his heart. Exactly. That's the point, to, pi to right? pierce the heart of the matter. Yeah, you to know? just get to where it is. Like, so where is this person coming from? He, he's having a hard time believing, period. Like, it's not, it's not about the fact that he, these concepts of being born again is so hard. Right. Really, he's just having a hard time at all. So he's like, so he's like, like let's reason together here, mm -hmm. you know? And that's a question that he asks, and he, and he allows Nicodemus to, to answer those questions, you know, and really go through that stuff. And then he doesn't ask the same question to the very next chapter is John chapter 4, Jesus with the, with the woman at the well, the woman from Samaria. And with her, he doesn't ask the same question to Nicodemus either. And I think that that's, again, something we really got to take into consideration that, oh, maybe people are different. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe one thing that works with this person, I think that's why I think I'm afraid as a pastor, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, that we tell people how to evangelize. Yeah. Like, these are the things you need to say. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to go through this list, ask them these questions, you know, do whatever it is, and then they will come to the gospel from that. Like, it's a right. formula. Yeah. Like, do this, mm -hmm. do that, and then they should either, I guess, accept the gospel or walk away. <laughs> and you'll feel good either way. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> they're, they're rejecting you, not G. Oh, wait a second. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and then we get prideful and go, well, you know, you know, they, they rejected the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if Jesus feels the same way. I mean, when I've done the same thing, like when I've gone to just trying to close the deal, you know, is Jesus really going, well done, good faithful servant? Or he's like, he's like, I, I mean, thank you yeah. for sharing the gospel, you know, in the clunky way that you did, <laughs> but you didn't hear them. You didn't listen to them. You didn't ask them any questions. You yeah. didn't, and you didn't ask any questions for the purpose of changing you of allowing that to change you. Again, being reconciled is something that's difficult to hear. So good. Maybe, you that's know? So and I think that, you know, we have to, again, just going back to that point, that if we expect that from others, we have to expect it from ourselves. Yeah. We want other people to hear something uncomfortable. We can't do it ourselves. And I think that that's Jesus' question to the, to the woman. I mean, it's, 
it's kind of like you could put it in a question mark. You know, he's talking with her about her life and and all these different things, and and they're talking about the living water and all those things like that. And you can you know read that later on. But I love his question in uh, John four sixteen. And again, it's not really a question, but it is sort of. He, sa- he says to her, "Go call your husband and come here." That seems to be so out of. Like all these things are like talking about living water and sure, give me this water and what's going on with water. And then he's like, he's like, why don't you call your husband and, and bring him here? Yeah. You know, which again, it's not exactly a question, but it, but it sort of is. It's kind of like a request. Right. You know, it's like, go do this thing. And her response, you know, is uh, I have no husband. And then he's like, I, well, you've said correct. You know, uh, you have no husband. You've you've had five. And the one that you now have is not your husband. And this you have said truly. And her response is not, how dare you? Right. So we can tell already by the context of the, of the passage that her response tells you how he said it. Exactly. It tells you that he said it in a way that allowed her to take in that information and to not get defensive. But he cut to the heart, just exactly what he said, to pierce the heart exactly. and go, and go there's, here's another issue here. Yeah. You know? And again, he did it in such a way that, was, that allowed her to then wrestle with it. You, you know, know it, I, I think it's huge that the we're talking about a relationship, an approach to a relationship that uh, spe- specifically for us that are married, yeah, that we need to remind ourselves about, you know, um, transparency card, I'm married and I get in fights with my wife. It yeah, happens. Me too. Right? Um, and so something that I'm constantly having to be corrected by is it's it's not about proving who's right it's about maintaining and safeguarding the relationship so it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong in in whatever argument you find yourself in what are you doing to safeguard and and to maintain that that relationship Um, because Jesus I think in both the examples you just brought up he pierced the heart of the matter and it dealt with a very personal issue for both Nicodemus and the woman at the well both somewhat sinful in terms of you know, Nicodemus not, not having faith and, yeah. and the, the woman at the well having the relationships that she shouldn't be having. Yeah. But he did it in such a way that he maintained the relationship. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and so uh, it's really hard for us to get out of the, out of the I'm going to prove my point and yep. <laughs> prove myself right yep. or just simply saying, hey, you know, it doesn't matter, but h- how can we move forward together? Well, you seem willing to sacrifice relationship for truth. Yeah. You know, I told, I told the truth, yeah. you know, and if they didn't like it, oh, well, Deal with it. you know, and I just, I don't see that in Jesus. I just don't see that example. I think it's so good that what you're saying is like, we want to maintain the relationship, mm-hmm. like relationship over time is what leads to discipleship. Exactly. You know, no one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care, <laughs> exactly. like all those kind of things. And yeah. it's just really true, you know? And I think we, we already talked about the, the rich young ruler as well. I mean, like the care that he had for him, I mean, like the way that he describes it. And I remember you talking to me about this uh, earlier, you know, just like the description that he had for him, you know, when in uh, Luke 18, um, when he's talking to him and uh, let's see, what's the verse there. It's Luke 18, 18 is when he asked the question. So uh, a ruler questioned him saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now that's awkward, but, but Jesus is really asking that, you know, we read that in a different way. Like, why do you call me good? Like, what's going on? And again, that's not Jesus's intent. His intent is, I want to understand what you think a good is. Yeah. You know, I, it, it seems, and I mean, he knew right away that this guy was all about being good. Yes. He knew right away, mm-hmm. like, because he, he's Jesus. Now, we don't know that. Right. So we need to ask <laughs> questions to figure out what is the actual heart of the matter here. 
You know, what is, what is the actual need that this person is trying to meet? All of our emotions are unmet needs. I mean, they're just like, I have this emotion come up because I have a need and it's not met. Yeah. You know, and, and in order to get that met, someone needs to address that thing, mm-hmm. not some other thing. And then say like, well, don't worry, I address this, this part. It's like, well, but my need wasn't met. Right. So yeah, you told me something that, that might be great, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually meet. Uh, my need. And then so um, Jesus looks at him with compassion. Actually, it's not in uh, Luke. It might be in Matthew where he says that, but it does say Jesus look at him. Um, <laughs> but but I know and maybe it's in Matthew where he says that or Mark. Uh, we'll have to edit that out. Um, but but I mean, he looks at him with compassion and he's like, man, like, because he walks away sad. You know, he was extremely rich and he walks away sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Jesus' um, response to him walking away sad isn't to gloat and to say, look what I did. You know, I made someone walk away sad. So all you disciples do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, so just go for people, hit them where they're, where they're most vulnerable. Yeah. And then, no, it was, he was literally just asking questions and allowing the person to come to that realization. I think yeah. his, his recipe for a good conversation here, time, mm. spent time with them. I mean, really like the time you think about the fact that he was without his disciples with Nicodemus, you know, he's like with, with Nicodemus at night. You know, he's without his disciples, not with his family. He's spending time with Nicodemus away. He met with him at a time where Nicodemus wanted to meet. He spent time getting to know him and getting to know, like, what his concerns were. And we know that that relationship stayed because all the way through to the end, Nicodemus was one of the few men that stood up for Jesus, at least at the end, you know, um, or at least was around, Mm -hmm. you know, when when he was crucified and didn't run and hide. Um, Relationship, care, effort, Mm. a, a sincere desire to understand. And again, a willingness to listen to hard things because we love the other person, you know? And really, I think that that's the main part that we've missed is that we don't look at each other as people that we should love and care for as God's creatures, God's creation. Like, I love you as a human being. I want to understand where you're coming from. I want to ask questions to get to know you. I think it's a lot easier to, to get to that place or especially when you are wanting to hear at least, yeah, in a posture to... Uh, hear uh, hard things from people that we love when when we can acknowledge that there are things about ourselves that are unlovable. Yeah, you know, um, because I think if we're honest with ourselves again, we would want to be able to have someone uh, hear us out yeah. when we're going through our own pigsty, our own messes, our own sin, our own shortcomings, uh, without yeah. the judgment, without the wrath, and just be able to like lean into someone who is willing to ask questions to understand, who's willing to help guide us back up onto our feet and safeguard us from further um, condemnation from other people because um, that we have that same wretchedness in ourselves, yeah. you know, but a lot of times we, we justify like, no, I'm not that bad. I'm better than you. So like, I haven't killed anybody. So I'm, I must be better yeah. than you, you know, like, um, and so it's, yeah. so, it's so much easier to be able to place yourself to want to step in that mess when we know and remind ourselves that we have our, our own messes too. It's really good. Something happens to us when we're Christians, right? I mean, like we go through this process of, you know, something happened where someone preached the gospel to us in some way, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's our parents, maybe it's a youth pastor, hopefully, <laughs> speaking right. as uh, former youth pastors ourselves. Shout out to you. <laughs> Thanks, Trey. Thanks, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had somebody come to us in our mess, you know, and, and say, I love you just the way you are. Yeah but too much to let you stay, stay there in that, in that mess. Yeah. And they've walked us through our mess. And then we get out of our mess 
and suddenly we've we always think, been clean. Yeah, we've always <laughs> been clean, you know. And then we surround ourselves with other people who we deem clean, mm-hmm. and anyone who's not clean, we start to judge yeah. and we push away, and we only really start to maybe care for a few, you know, that maybe like in our circle. But it's really hard to care for someone who is outside of that. Yeah, you know, outside of our tribe, mm-hmm. you know. And so like we get into this weird. I don't know what it is if it's like a factory thing or something like 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 you go from you're not a Christian and like you're a mess and now you you get some of your mess cleaned up by Jesus's grace and then you just get on this conveyor belt and like what about the other people in those spots you know like who are who are you being to those people Yeah you're like given a pet project to work on right you know like oh you have that one friend that doesn't know Jesus that doesn't come to church yeah. that's the one person you're going to focus on right. despite the fact that maybe Jesus isn't calling you to be that person for them yeah you know maybe Jesus is calling you simply just to lead by example in the life that you're living again yeah. our lives are going to be the biggest sermons in anyone Amen. in everyone else's life around us and so yeah. Um, you know, to, for us to kind of take the mantle and saying, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to get on that conveyor belt. And then I know which, what portion of that, you know, assembly line I, I'm yes. going to be working in without even checking in with Jesus and saying, Hey, Jesus, maybe I'm the one that should be on the conveyor belt being worked on by the Holy spirit, being worked on by your gospel. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. we're never off that conveyor belt. I think that's the, the huge thing that we constantly forget yeah. is that we're, we are a work in progress. Yes. You know, my, my favorite verse is Philippians one six, mm. you know, this I'm con- I'm convinced of that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, which yeah. means until Jesus comes back or I meet him in the heaven, I'm still <laughs> under construction. You are. You yeah. Know? And we, we both are. And I think that maybe we flipped the the whole idea of how many times we should be with people who aren't Christians. Yeah. You know, the the concept of get a, a job where you're working only with Christians. And again, we're speaking from people who are in the church, you yep. know, like like there's something that's really negative about that. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not saying that it's bad, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but I'm just saying like there's something about like make sure that you have these Bible studies and make sure you're doing this stuff. And I, I don't say any of that stuff is bad mm-hmm. because we do need that, but we need to be, we need to have those things as the equipping time to then go get beat up. There it is. Like it's not like <laughs> try to get your life so much that you're surrounded by people who will love and support and encourage you with the word, mm-hmm. you know, and just keep on doing that because life is hard and I get it. It is hard. Mm-hmm. And and it's probably harder for some than it is for others. And I get that too. Yeah. And so maybe people are like, Well, you don't even know my life. And again, like we don't, no. you know, and that's part of this whole <laughs> thing. We so wanna fun. know, we wanna understand, yeah. you know. Help us to understand why when God worked for six days and he rested on the seventh, it seems like that model is work for six days. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it seems like that model is like like get out there and be with people that maybe don't see things the way that you see them. Exactly. You know, at least a little bit. And again, I'm not saying like you have to quit a job where you're working with Christians or whatever and just be in a secular environment, but also don't quit the secular environment just because it's there secular. It there it is. Just yeah. because there's a lot of people who don't agree with you, that's where you're supposed to be. And then yeah. go back and get equipped and have that Bible study on Wednesdays and have that church service on Sundays to be able to go, man, that was really tough. I had this conversation and that conversation. But instead, you know, like that's why these these sermons were like like you said, like pick that, just pick one person mm-hmm. to love like Jesus. And I think I've given that message. I think so too. You know, too. so again, I'm convicted <laughs> on that. But I mean, like this is, I mean, this podcast just started today. So yeah. it's not like we're perfect on this. No, like this is a journey that we're trying to go on and we're inviting anyone else to come along with us. The journey is, can we get in these conversations with people out of the desire to love them and truly care for them, not sacrifice the word, right. not sacrifice what we believe, just because we're listening. Because mm-hmm. again, listening doesn't mean we agree. Right. Just listening means we can come to some sort of reconciliation together and go, I want to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I want to know who you are as a person, not as a figure, 
that I label as and say, you're a part of this movement or you're a part of whatever. And so I want to hear from your base. No, I don't want to hear from your base. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to be the spokesperson for Christianity. Oh, yeah, me neither. And I don't want anyone to be the spokesperson <laughs> for anything else that they've got. That's like, true. I just want them to be them. Yeah. You know, as they see it, how do you, how, like, let's reconcile together. You yeah, know, let's, absolutely. let's see what this is like. And I mean, I've, I've definitely, we've lost on this. Again, going back to the humility thing, you know, humility to story time. Now, I know this is, a, this is back a while ago, but I still think it's an important one because I believed it then, even though I was younger, even younger than Trey. He's very young right now. But I'm not very young. 22 is not very young. That's true. It's not very young. Maybe just you're just young. very old. Hey, hey, hey. That's, hey. that's true. Yeah. That, we gotta, cut to the quick. We got to reconcile that, all right? <laughs> We'll talk after. Oh, yeah. Cut to the heart of that one. It's like, shoot, that is what I'm thinking about. That is my pain. <laughs> that is my pain. So, so I was 16, and I'm on this mission trip to Utah. Hmm. And it was a great trip. I mean, really fantastic trip. Changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, we went to Utah, I think because my youth pastor had a friend who was being a missionary there, and he had a church that he was serving at. And we were going to bring some, like, gospel theater and music and some other stuff like that and kind of do, like, uh, kind of just like a whole... Not not just a sermon, but like also like uh, yeah, like a kind of like an extravaganza, like this, <laughs> this Christian extravaganza. Where we're just like there's all these things that we're going to be doing, and it's very entertaining, but also meaningful. Mm. And we chose a couple different things that were just kind of like boilerplate Christian stuff, like sharing the gospel kind of stuff. But then we chose this one scene in particular because we knew we were going to Utah to speak to Mormons, and we chose this. And there was a pride involved, not just with the students, but with some of the adults on the trip, too, of like, we're going to share how you are saved by grace and not by works, you know, and really like hammer that, you know, because like we're going to be in Utah and there's going to be Mormons mm -hmm. in, the, in the congregation and we're going to, to like, and we're really going to take, and we did, we kind of like took our time with it. Again, I'm not questioning that like all of our motives are wrong because we did care, but we, we did it in a way that was like trying to get them, yeah. you know, it wasn't trying to understand why do they believe that that works are important and and how do they how do they see the bible because now that i've actually talked with Mormon bishops and really tried to understand they have this this conflict where they're like no i believe ephesians 2 you know 8 through 10 but i also believe james right. you know where it says that you were saved you know works. faith without works is yeah. dead um so saved by grace and faith without works is dead and and instead of having that conversation where we could totally do that um, we just went, well, they believe this, which is kind of true, mm -hmm. but not fully true. It's yeah. like sort of a partial truth, especially now that I've talked to Mormon bishops, you know, in the area. They're like, well, this, let me explain that more. But instead, we just went for the guttural, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we're doing this. So only two, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but only two people came like really like we went out and evangelized and said, come to this thing and da, da, da. And I mean. It, granted, it's it's weird for a bunch of teenagers to drive from the Bay Area to <laughs> to Utah and then to put on this extravaganza and be like, why would people come? Yeah. Like, there's no reason for them to come. Now looking back and like, why did people reject us? You know, it's like, well, I mean, well, who are Jesus. you guys? <laughs> like, if they came up to me, I probably wouldn't go. You know, but at the time, you know, we're like, we're like, oh, they're rejecting the message. You know, like, no. Um, and but then we did this two sweet people. I mean, I don't remember a whole lot about them. This was a long time ago, as Trey mentioned. <laughs> I think but. So. Um, but I just remember them walking out. Hmm. I mean, and it hit me, you know, like really hard. Like in that moment, I felt two things. I felt, I felt pride because I was like, we got them. We made them think they walked away sad, you know? Like, and, and I don't think my youth pastor like encouraged us in that way, but I remember just feeling like this encouragement, like we did just what Jesus did. Like we told them the truth and they walked away sad. 
But I don't think they walked away sad. I think they walked away offended. I think they walked yeah. away unheard. Yeah. They walked away going, you guys think you know us. You came into our town to put on this thing, and then you did this, this skit to slam us and say that you were saved by grace only, so all your works are, are terrible, and and, da, 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 and and you guys are totally wrong on this, you know? And made the person in the, in the scene, who was the workspace person, be the bad guy. And I think in that, I think in that scene, if I correct me if I'm wrong, well, you can't correct me because you don't know it. But <laughs> <laughs> someone might correct me, but I'm pretty sure that scene, like the person didn't even get into heaven. Wow. I mean, that's like a, that's, that's huge. a huge, like the arrogance of that. And I look mm. back on that and I'm just with total shame of like just the arrogance of it. Just, just like we did that and we, we slammed them and then we, they walked away. Uh, offended and hurt and we didn't get to hear we didn't get to hear what their story was we didn't get to hear why they believe what they believe maybe they don't even believe that stuff yeah but like we did this thing and then those are the only two people there so the rest of the time was just us <laughs> so i mean what does that tell you i mean talk about a parable it's like it's like we did it and then and then i remember like the rest of the time was like well who are we doing this for? yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and we're alone and huh. i think that that really it stuck with me f- for a long time obviously i still remember it because I feel I feel that way every once in a while where I go, oh shoot, like I'm starting to get that feeling again where I'm just going to be alone. It's just going to be me and the people that agree with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in my own little echo chamber yep. where everyone yeah. believes the same thing that I do, and we just keep on saying, yep, yep, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then you know what? They're, you know, they're like this and they're like that and the other thing, and we're saying things as if we know them <laughs> and we're like having dialogues, imaginary dialogues where we're like, yeah, and I bet they're thinking this and I bet they're doing this and I know that they're doing this and wow. we don't know that. <laughs> The pride, come on, come on. It's really rough, you yeah. know. It's 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 super rough, and it's just it's based on it's based on a fleshly desire to be right, a fleshly desire to be like I stood for truth, yeah. you know. And I, I man, I see that so much now. I mean, we see it all the time. Like, well, I did it, man. I stood for truth, you know. And who cares what the consequences were? Right. Why Why are we not caring about the consequences of of our words and our actions? I mean. Be careful. Be slow to mm-hmm. speak. I think for the reason is because, like Proverbs says, with many words, much transgression. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's unavoidable. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know what? Like, <clears throat> I have a similar similar uh, story. Um, when I was in high school, I want to say I was fifteen, maybe sixteen, same same as you. At that point, I was doing a lot of study of God's word, but I had no relationship with God whatsoever. So I had a lot of head knowledge about the Bible, had a lot of head knowledge about theology, but I had no relationship with Jesus himself. Hmm. Um, and I was smart enough to be wearing t-shirts like Jesus freak. Remember that phrase that was used oh, yeah. a lot, right? I, I was oh, wearing shout out to DC right? talk. <laughs> you want to come on the show? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was wearing shirts like that said Jesus freak and you know, Jesus and everything was all about Jesus, right? And yep. I was very proud about it. Uh, one day I had a, a classmate um, get on my case. Uh, he knew I was a Christian. Uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness, and he was pretty proud about his faith and his uh, belief system. And And I remember one day at, at the end of class, he said, hey, you know what, Sam, why don't you come tomorrow with your Bible, and I'm going to make you look stupid with your own Bible. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's what's go. up you know <laughs> so i grabbed my bible I was like let's go and and i was like doing so much study that night with the motive of i'm gonna tear this guy apart yeah. i'm gonna make him like you ever see those movies where you know the underdog comes in and the big the bully comes into the frame and out of nowhere the underdog like sweeps his feet and everyone's yep. looking and laughing and clapping right like <laughs> i was i was in my head oh, yeah. that was what was gonna happen you yeah. know 
Um, and so I come to school the next day and I have my Bible and with my Bible, I have like index cards of like the Greek and, and tearing apart different passages on what the implications were, the context. And I was ready to go. Yeah. And the thing is, he said this around a couple of other people. And so those people saw me waiting literally mm. in this like open field, like that was in the, our quad by myself. Hmm. Talk about feeling like by yourself, right? I'm waiting yeah. by myself. The kid never showed up. By the way, uh, Antonio Antonio Tolls. <laughs> I don't know where you're at right Shout now. I remember out. his name. I remember his name, <laughs> Antonio Tolls. Dude, I'm so sorry. I I have to. I don't. I never got that chance to apologize to you. So if you're watching, by God's grace, please accept my apology. Uh, that come was, on the show, please. We'll, um, we'll talk. I would love to apologize to you in reconciled. person. Let's get reconciled. I want to get reconciled. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like. Talk about feeling completely like humiliated in my own pride, yeah. you know, because I stood there ready to go and I realized I was by myself, yeah. you know, um, finding yourself so oppositional to what Christ would have done is, uh, is lonely. It is. <laughs> it's incredibly lonely. It is. You know, um, he doesn't have your back. Yeah. You know, he, he loves you. Yeah. But he's kind of like, well, I mean, I can't do anything <laughs> with that. I'm sorry. I, I would love to help you, but you're not really. Checking in with me, you're just going on your own here. So well, and that's that's just yeah. it, you know. Um, it, you know, I want to talk about like the like you and I, Zach. We we hold the Bible to be the final authority in our lives. Amen. Um, whether we agree with it or not, it is the final authority in our lives, yeah. and and especially the ones that we don't agree with or we have a hard time with. That's the ones that we're trying to constantly reconcile our hearts with. Absolutely, you know. And so we're 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 working to to reconcile these eternal truths. With not just ourselves, but but with those who who differ from us. Yeah. Um. And and I re- I'm reminded of a passage that when I read it the first time didn't impact me because I didn't quite understand it. Uh, but it wasn't until years later when I actually started following Jesus that I when I read it again, it was like being slapped across the face, mm. um, and yet having healing balm being placed at the same time. Uh, and it's out of First Peter three fifteen. It says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. I had no problem with that first part. Yeah. To give a defense, I was ready to go. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You got a problem with it? What's up? I was ready to throw down. But I ignored that last, what, four words? Yeah. With gentleness and reverence. You know, um, the reality, and I, and I love the fact that the word defense is apologia. It's where mm-hmm. we get our word apology from. Right. You know, and so to come to a place where we're ready to give an apology, to, uh, to give yeah. a, a plea yeah. about our own faith yeah. completely removes pride out of all of it. Yeah. You know, and so to be, to be reminded that whenever we do, whenever we have that opportunity to share the gospel, whenever we have that opportunity to share our faith, it's never about clobbering them with truth because this is truth. We hold this to be eternal truth, Yes, but it's not about crushing people with truth. No, It's about inviting people with the truth, with the gentleness and reverence. And we have to understand the other person in order to do that effectively. We have to. No, it's so good. I mean, I love that verse so much. I mean, it really, it really speaks to everything that we're talking about. You know, it's like, yes, let's, let's talk about things. And again, like as we encourage 
everyone that's listening to have these conversations. We're going to try to do that. That's part of the second part of this podcast. It's yeah. almost like two podcasts in one, yeah. <laughs> you know, where, where we're going to be talking together about these issues and talk about what we see, but then we're also going to be inviting other people to come on and so that we can actually talk about something where we know from the get that they're going to have an opposing viewpoint. Yeah. And the purpose is with gentleness and reverence to understand and still within that, then to be understood. Yeah. I mean, both of those things, two things are together. I know it's not scripture, but it's based in scripture. Yes, yes. Like to seek first to understand someone, really get to know like where they're coming from. And hopefully they'll do the same with us. Right. I mean, it's hopefully it's reciprocal. You know, and then and then after that, then we can actually okay, so here's here's where I'm coming from based on what you said. Mm-hmm. Not like dismissing what you said, not not in antagonism, antagonism right, against yeah, what yeah. you said, but like actually saying, like, like, okay, like within what you just said, like here's somewhere, here's where I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, like wouldn't that be amazing if like we could come to a place where we could agree with someone on something, right? you know, who we know that we don't have, we have a fundamental disagreement, let's say about the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, cause we know that there's probably friends of ours who, who hopefully will watch this, yes. um, you know, that will say like, well, Zach and Sam are crazy, you know, we love them, but, um, but we liked it better when they weren't talking about this right. stuff, <laughs> but, but like, but we, we know that that's going to be probably a disagreement, but that doesn't mean that we can't agree on fundamental human rights. Right. Doesn't mean we can't agree on love mm-hmm. and and what that means and and care for family and friends and for justice yeah. and oh. equality and all these things like that. Like we can use those words and even now, as I said those, like I know that's trigger words for yeah. people. I know people are like, oh, I know what those guys are like, and 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 maybe maybe that's some of you right now. <laughs> and again, we love you. There's yeah. no judgment, but like you, there may be some people who are like, oh, we know them. They're trying to trying to figure out our theology. I'm sure yeah. as we're talking, yeah. you know, like, well, maybe it's just our moms, but. <laughs> If it's not a mom, they'll share the video. Don't worry. <laughs> they'll share it with someone else. But they're trying to figure out, like, oh, these guys are progressive right. Christians, or oh, oh, they're this or that. And maybe they're trying to analyze the books that are on the shelf, yeah. too. <laughs> um, and purposely, I put a bunch of different books on there. And that doesn't mean that I agree with actually every single book that's on here because they're written by men yes. and women <laughs> and they are fallible. Yeah. You know? And so we're not basing all this stuff, but there's some good ideas in, in places where, where Christians aren't even in. Yeah. There's some good ideas. There's, there's good fruit there that we can take, you know, just like Jesus did with his stories and stuff. Um, But anyway, like that whole thing, the gentleness and reverence, like we can have these conversations. Like that's the hope and and point is that we can talk to each other in a way that's respectful. And I mean, Peter got this way. I think this is, this is what's so crazy is that, so first you read from first Peter and that's not the Peter (laughs) that, that that was in the beginning. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's not the dude, Mm -hmm. like, like his words there of like, this is what you guys should do. I'm sure some of the people who knew Peter were like, yeah, uh, like... Have you seen what you've done? <laughs> exactly. You're the same guy, you know, and I mean, specifically, you know, the story, I think, of of him in the Garden of Gethsemane, yeah. I think is really powerful. I mean, there's there's a bunch of things that Peter does <laughs> that are kind of wild, and he's out there, um, and he's missing a lot of things, just like we all are. But but Peter in the Garden, you know, so Jesus, just, just to set the scene, I mean, Jesus is about to be betrayed yeah. by Judas, and they're they're in the garden. They're sleeping. Jesus isn't sleeping. He's praying. He's asking them to stay awake. I mean, that's for, first <laughs> the first strike from Peter. Like many multiple strikes, you know, many many at bats that he struck out. Um, but he he couldn't even stay awake to pray with Jesus. You know, in his hour of need, his most pressing hour of need. And then when he does wake up, then he sees Judas and this whole group of people come in to arrest Jesus. Mm-hmm. And his response is to take out his sword. And he swings it. I don't know if he swung it on purpose, like in a certain direction, but I think the fact that he swung it and cut off an ear yeah. of someone, I think is 
crazy. It's, it's really telling. Yeah. You know, and, and Matthew and uh, Luke and John all tell this story, and I think there's three things to pull out um, from each of their stories. So in Matthew 26, um, 47, 52, I'm not going to read the full verse, but, but Jesus looks at Peter, and this is only in Matthew, um, in Matthew's story, which is why it's so great to have all the Gospels. Absolutely. Different perspectives, yep. different perspectives <laughs> learning from each other. Reconciling. <laughs> reconciling. <laughs> How do we reconcile these four stories? Um, so Jesus, uh, well, Matthew recounts that Jesus said those famous words, Peter, put away your sword, because those who live by the sword will die by the sword. That's a word for us. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a word for us today. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if the other people have swords. That's what they came with. Yeah. They came with swords and torches and everything else like that. And then Peter matched that. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't. And Jesus said, put it away, because if you do that, that's how you're going to die. Exactly. Like, this is all it's going to be is war. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be you against somebody else. And so you see them coming. And yes, that's a recognition of fear, for sure. And I think that Jesus, again, he said it perfectly, so I'm sure Peter received it that way. But like, Jesus like, yes, they're doing that. And sure, I get the fact that you're afraid and you want to defend me. And we'll get to that part in a yeah. second here, too. <laughs> but like, but that's not how you do this. I came to show you a different way. I mean, that's, that's Jesus's message all the way through. I came to show you a different way, you know? And so, so he warns him about that. And I think that's a word for us today as well. In Luke 22, this is a special thing for Luke, um, is that Luke um, records that Jesus healed his ear. Um, so this is something where, um, where Luke was paying special attention to the fact that Jesus went up and actually um, healed this man, not just said to Peter, like, don't do that stuff, but he actually healed him as well. He, mm. he saw compassion on him again. This was someone coming to arrest him. Yeah. So someone coming to do what he knew was going to happen is that he was going to take him to the place where he was going to be killed and crucified, you know, um, whipped and beaten and crucified. And so he, but he heals his enemy. Like mm. he goes and, and does something, serves his enemy, like serves this person, you know, and tries to make it right. Right. <laughs> and I think that's also a word for us too. Yeah. Is like, we're in the unfortunate position of having to make things right. And, and I know that, you know, people could say a lot of stuff about, oh, you guys are saying that Christians are all bad and like you, you're apologizing for them. But in a way we are. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. honestly, like we kind of have to, mm-hmm. you know, because we've seen what's been done in the name of Christ. Right. And it's wrong. We've done it mm-hmm. ourselves. And that fact that you, I mean, you shouted out your apology, you know, like that's just for real. And I'm sorry to those, I don't know who those people were in Utah. (laughs) Um, Sweet, lovely people. Um, But I apologize to them too. And on behalf of of all Christians, I think we need to apologize and be able to show a different way. Absolutely. And to say, wait, like we need to serve you and we need to heal what's been damaged. There it is. You know, because people have been damaged by Christians. That's just a fact. I mean, that's probably one of the number one reasons people don't go to church is because of Christians themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And and even, you know, I guess uh, being a little personal, like personal story, like, like I've been hurt by other Christians. Yeah. Church hurts the worst hurt. It's, it's, it really is, you know, and it, 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 it like damages you in the deepest part of your soul. You know, uh, yeah. I'd be lying if I said I was, if I, you know, was completely over it. I'm still recovering and still healing from that. Uh, and <laughs> right. And Jesus leads by example. And, and I love what you just pointed out. Jesus pretty much cleaned up someone else's mess. Yeah. You know, and he's calling us to do the same thing. He is, you know, and so it, it honestly like let's let's be completely real and honest and transparent. Yeah. The church has royally messed up. We have on almost every position, on almost every turn, we've royally messed up. Yeah. N- whether it's in the the content or the or the delivery of the content, 
we've royally messed up. And so what we're trying to do is just simply say, Hey, look, we're sorry. Uh, and, and, and we want to engage in conversation. We want, we know saying sorry, isn't going to fix everything. Um, so we want to at least lead by saying, Hey, we're, we're sorry. And we want to, we want to build bridges. We want to do better. You know, we want to do better. And we're going to try. Yeah. Like this is what this whole podcast is about. If we get past episode one, (laughs) (laughs) like this is what it's about is like really trying to show what hopefully Jesus was actually trying to get at. Yeah. You know, what he's trying to do and, and not do what has been done for a long, long time, especially yeah. now. Like today, I just, I, like you said, like I just don't see how the church is impacting the culture in the way that it could be because we've lost a lot of things. And we've done this Peter model. I mean, we've <laughs> done this thing, and I think this is the, this is the last one here in yeah. John 18. Um, you know, Jesus actually, uh, John, in, in John's uh, gospel, he actually names the servant Malchus, which mm. is, I think it's awesome that we have these different perspectives that, you know, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Luke says, you know, that Jesus healed his ear, and then John gives him a name. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful. Like this guy's a name, like he's a he's a human being. He's a son. Yeah, he might be a father. You know, he's a brother. You know, like this is a person. This is not just your enemy. This is not just someone like that is coming to do something you know wrong, and so therefore you get to treat him in this way. Yeah, you know, this the wildness of Peter just swinging his yeah, sword. For real. You know, like like that. That's and again, and so here's here's the conclusion, right? So Peter is the one who attacks, you know, Jesus calls him out. Um, well, John calls him out as Peter. We don't know that it's Peter, I think, in Matthew or Luke. I, I'm pretty sure it's just, it just says as someone, you know, one of the one disciples. Of the disciples yeah. But John's like, oh, I'm going to call you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was you. It was Peter. Yeah. It was Peter. <laughs> it was Peter. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it was him. It was Peter. And then John's also like, and by the way, I'm the beloved one. I'm the way, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls out all these things. But then he's like, and Peter, this is a this is a guy named Malchus. This is a real guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you did this and this is, and you did it to a human. Yeah. You did a guy named Malchus and, and you can find this guy, Malchus. I love that too. Like this is about, you know, not, not that this podcast is about this, but I mean, I talk about an apologetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they could find, they could read John's gospel and find Malchus exactly. and go, did this happen? Did to this you? really happen? You know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Did you actually get your ear cut off and then Jesus healed it? Mm-hmm. That's a wild story. Yeah, it really is. But I love the fact that it's in the ear. I think that that, mm. again, is this on purpose? I don't know. And I'm not saying that that uh, that it was done for this reason, but I think that it's an amazing image for us that Peter, in defending Jesus, this is his purpose, was, I'm going to defend you, Jesus, and by defending you, I'm going to remove the ability for other people to hear. There it is. You know? Like, that's, 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 a, that's a crazy it's picture. So impactful. It, it's It's yeah. just a crazy, like, like of, of all the things that he could have damaged on this guy, mm-hmm. What he damaged was his ear. And I think we do the exact same thing. I know I've done it. We've already shared our stories yeah. as well. And we're only sharing some of the yeah, stories. Yeah, I, mean, I got more. <laughs> we've got lots of stories, you know, up until this day. And then we're going to be perfect from this yeah. day on. <laughs> but I mean, that's the deal is that in our defense of Christ, have we cut off people's ears? Mm-hmm. Like in defending the truth of the gospel, have we cut off their ability to hear the gospel? And we go, well, we, we shared the gospel. And the word of God is a sword. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You know, but then you use it as a sword, and then you remove their ability to actually listen to the, to this word at all. And I think that that's the thing that, and then Jesus puts it back on and says, "No, I'm going to heal your ability to hear. I need you to hear the gospel. I need you to see what's happening and interact. And I need you to hear, hopefully, from someone who's going to be less hard headed and yeah. and, uh, and wild, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and not have self control. Someone like Peter, you know. And again, no judgment on Peter because we're the same. We're the same. Um, but we attack to convince others of the gospel. I think too much. And then when we see Peter's change and how he got led to being able to write First Peter, yeah. I just I love it. So Jesus comes back from the dead, 
you know, he comes back and he's living with the disciples for a little bit and they're eating fish and they're hanging out by the, by the beach or whatever. And Jesus asks him again, Jesus asking questions and he asks Peter three, three times, do you love me? You know, and, and that three times is definitely in reference to, to Peter denying Christ three times for sure. I'm not discounting that part. That's a huge part because he denied him three times and then Jesus gave an opportunity to kind of, you know, renew his, his commitment to Jesus. But I love that it's, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. How do you feed sheep? You do it gently yeah. with reverence mm-hmm. and respect. Like you, you treat, you, you, you have to. Like yeah. this is how you're, you're, you're taking care of people. You're loving them. You're taking, like, Peter, you're, you've got all these great qualities. And I think that that's, again, like there's a lot of good people out there who are trying their best to live this life as a Christian. Yeah. And they're just missing some of that gentleness and reverence and love. That motive always should come from love. And not that love that we've twisted in our minds. Not this love definition that we've got in our minds that we've really said, well, no, this is tough love, you know? And I mean, I get that there's such a thing. Like, I understand that. But I think that we have created that definition much more than God has. No, yeah, we've we've taken that definition and we've placed that on top of Christ's command for us right yeah because if i mean i don't want to take take too far off tangent but jesus praying before he was arrested was praying that uh the the disciples the believers would love each other as the father had loved him yes you know and so that kind of love is the love that jesus is calling us to to love one one another yeah and it's never you know shoving things down our throat or demanding certain things. Do you believe right now or else get out of my house kind of a thing? Like like you said, the relationship is built over time. Yes. Showing care, showing effort, being willing to kind of surrender some of the things that you are owed, some of the things that you uh, have a right to yeah. for the sake of that person coming to a realization and understanding of the, the love of God, you know? And so um, we, we we muddle that, that definition. Yeah, we do. And so, you know, it's, ne- it's never too late to reevaluate what that definition is, you know, to really see it out of the life of uh, Jesus and like what you're going over right now, how it affected Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is the whole process that he had taken through. Yeah. And I mean, that's rough to be asked the same question three times. Yeah. That's tough. (laughs) That's a tough thing. Like I just, I said, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Again, you love me, you know, (laughs) you know, feed my sheep. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, and again, we're not, we're not uh, saying that we're going to do this perfectly. No. You know, this is going to be messy, you know, but it's worth it. It's worth trying. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, again, is this a solution for everything? No. Like, we're, we're not arrogant to think that we know everything, that we know this is the... If we just do this, then our whole country is going to come yeah. together. <laughs> There'll be, the churches will be filled, you know? Like, no, like, things will not change on, like, that global scale, maybe, you yeah. know? Like, really. But what could change is that a handful of Christians could start to love people. And they're already doing that. I think I think we also need to say that too. Like yeah, yeah. we're coming alongside people that just maybe not don't have a podcast. Or maybe they right. do and and we just haven't watched it or whatever. But we're trying to add something that we have seen missing a little bit. Yeah. There are people out there and shout out to uh, Mike Winger. Oh, absolutely. Shout out to Ruslan. Um, <laughs> you know, shout out to what do you mean? Uh, oh, all those guys, if you ever wanted to come Table talk and have know, a conversation, we'd love it. It'd be great. Water. I mean, there's there's so many great guys yeah. out there doing it, pastors and writers, um, some people on this shelf. Yeah. But we're trying to add to that as well. We're trying to say, like, we want to make this commitment ourselves and for others, too. So, I mean, if you're a Christian, we're, we're inviting you to come on this journey of yeah. reconciliation uh, with us. Continue the dialogues that we're having on this show um, with your family, your friends, your community. Be courageous. Start, start loving 
you know, com- having compassionate conversations with those who see things that are different from you. Yeah, you know, and if you're not a Christian, you know, first off, just thank you. I mean, we are grateful and, and even honored that you would watch a couple of nobody pastors. Seriously. We don't have big churches. Uh, we don't have big congregations, mm-hmm. but that you would be willing to just click play on a video or to yeah. click play on a, on a podcast audio and just kind of listen to our, our perspective. So just thank you from that. Um, because we want to share that we believe in a loving God who, Amen. who created us all for a particular purpose to have a deep communion with each other and with a deep communion with him. But the reality was that, you know, our sin, our rebellion has really caused yeah. uh, a faction. It's caused a, a division uh, between us. And so that's the reason why he sent Jesus to, pay the price that needed to be paid in order for that relationship to be restored, to be reconciled, Amen. you know? And so that's the reason why we have this podcast and we want to, we don't want to miss the opportunity to at least share that for you. Yeah. So if, if you don't understand the gospel, if you don't uh, follow Christ, but you're, you're seeking, you have questions, uh, you know, please just check out some of the links that we have connected to this video about what it means to, to be a Christian, to follow Christ, to understand the gospel and how that impacts your life, uh, not just for the here and now, but what we can look forward to for eternity in heaven. Amen. And we want people to interact with us. Like this is not, we don't want to be in an echo chamber. No, ourselves. please don't. Just be, like that's, <laughs> this is, this is for, this is for people yeah. to, to listen to, to watch and to be able to give feedback. Like we, we're going to be having these conversations, hopefully, you know, with people um, who will come on the show and talk with them. And we're going to have dialogues where it's just you and I, and we're going to be discussing things, our viewpoints. And we want to know where we we're not getting it right. Yeah. Like we want to know like where, Oh, we've missed this part. And so please engage with us in comments. We're going to read all of them, you know, the social media, email, whatever it is that we're going to have out there for people. Um, let us know how, what you think of our approach, how we can understand your point of view you better and then if you have the, the courage you know and you have the conviction contact us and come on yeah like literally that's what this whole thing is for like if this doesn't have a practical application component then we don't really want to do this like exactly. we can just sit here and talk about our viewpoints on issues and we can try to see the other per- people's point of view but literally that would be like <laughs> ironic that we're like well we think we- this is what they believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like we want to make sure that we have people on this show so if you're not a christian or if you are a christian and you don't believe some of the things that we're saying and we think that we're off and like please contact us so that we can talk and we can have a, a reconciliation conversation where Absolutely. we can be reconciled with each other yeah. um we're looking for that so yeah. so hit us up so we can have some kind of conversation yeah and i think that that's uh that's pretty much yeah. what we want to do yeah <laughs> that's our podcast yeah um so i mean until next time uh be reconciled to god be reconciled to each other absolutely amen see you